Welcome to 70s Beatles. I'm Scott. And I'm Kate. On this podcast, we take a solo album from each of the former Beatles, and taking turns, we pick songs to fill up what would be our theoretical, hypothetical, what if the Beatles stayed together type of album. Using John's own suggested template of four songs apiece for George, Paul, and himself, along with one or two Ringo tunes, we build out our individual albums. After a month or so, we go back and using Spotify data, we calculate the percentage increase in the number of plays for each track. We then total these percentages and see which one of us is holding the winning album. And our first winner will be announced today. This is the results episode for our first batch of albums. The albums we chose our songs from were the first solo records from each of our beloved Beatles. They are McCartney by Paul McCartney, John's Plastic Ono Band, Disc 1 of George's All Things Must Pass, only Disc 1, we opted to split this enormous album up, and Ringo's singles, Buku of Blues and Coochie Coochie. Just a quick recap of what we picked. I put together an album which I chose to call Coochie Coochie because it's my favorite song ever. And um, the album opens with uh, Mother by John Lennon, then keeping with the uh, maternal theme, we have the much more fictional Teddy Boy by Paul McCartney, and followed by George's Let It Down and John's Working Class Hero, That Would Be Something by Paul, Wah Wah by George, and Side One ends with an explosion from Remember from the Plastic Ono Band. You flip Coochie Coochie over, you start with Ooh You, then you have a little country section with Behind That Locked Door, and the title track, Coochie Coochie. Then the album ends really strong with the triptych of Maybe I'm Amazed, My Sweet Lord, and God. Yes, very methodical with the placement there. Uh, my album, which I opted to title Well, 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 uh, starts with Well, Well, Well. I did a, a leading track, title track kind of thing there. It's John's songs. And then I go into Crenacore by McCartney, Hold On by John, Every Night by Paul McCartney, I Found Out by John, and then ending side one with Junk from Paul. Side two, I kick it off with Isolation from John, Mama Miss America from Paul, and then I do kind of a triplet of George songs because I felt like they just belong together. So I've got Run of the Mill, If Not For You, I'd Have You Anytime. And then I put in my Ringo song, Buku of Blues, and I close it out with the bombastic What Is Life from George. To hear our full selection process, you can check out the prior episode. To listen to the albums, you can check out the Spotify playlist linked in the episode notes. You can also track the Spotify data along with us. We've linked our tracker in the episode notes as well. We thought of everything for you guys. You're welcome. This is our first results episode, so we're going to, of course, announce the Spotify data winner. We're also going to get into some other fun data. We'll find the top performing song for each respective Beatle and find the top three performing songs as well. In the future, we'll rank some of these stats against previous batches of albums, but seeing as this is our first, we can't do that quite yet. And we'll round it out with a discussion of some new Beatles stuff that is happening right now in 2023. We'll call that segment Beatles in the News. And we have some really exciting news in this one. A brand new Beatles song. Yes, you heard that correctly. A brand new Beatles song in 2023. Stay tuned. Let's get into it. 
All right, so the winner this week, giving one point for every tenth of a percentage that a song play increased over the uh, course of four weeks between October 6th and November 3rd, turns out with 136 points, I lost to Kate, who had 181 points. Yeah, I was um, I was shocked by this, honestly, because you had some really heavy hitter songs in your track list. You had, like, um, Maybe I'm Amazed, which is arguably one of Paul's most famous songs, My Sweet Lord, which is argue- arguably one of George's most famous songs. I was really shocked that I, I won this round. I'm proud of myself, but uh, it's interesting to see, looking at these numbers, a lot of the songs that I have had really high percentage increases. So I kind of, I wonder what that might be attributed to. It may just be that the um, the really big songs have been burned out lately and people are discovering more deeper cuts and mm. you pick some good deep cuts on this one. So I think that may have actually worked to your advantage because if we were just going by the number of plays, I had significantly more, but yeah. the uh, percentage increase was in your favor this turn yeah yeah you you have significantly more plays you have uh eight eight million two hundred sixty two thousand one hundred and twenty six plays over my five million three thousand nine hundred and ninety plays so three million play difference there but you also started with a higher number of plays with with those being more popular songs yeah it would take a lot more plays of Maybe I'm Amazed or My Sweet Lord to really get a significant increase on those, I think. Yeah. So that might skew my uh, <laughs> my strategy for next time around. We'll see. Yeah. And it'll be interesting going into our next batch of albums, kind of thinking about how to, how to adjust, how to approach things differently. It is always kind of, a, as I'm picking out my songs, this debate between the songs that are, that are popular that I know will perform well, and then how much of the deep cut stuff do I want in there? I sort of, I try to approach it as building a more cohesive record in general versus, I guess, taking in those sort of considerations, but that is still something that's on my mind. Yeah. Well, and I think winning, it's not like we're winning anything. It's mostly just an excuse to right. <laughs> dive into this. Yes. And diving into this, let's look at the um, top percentage-wise uh, results for each artist. Looks like John had the biggest increase with Hold On from Plastic Ono Band jumping up 2.44% over the month. Yeah. Which, you know, I, it's also the biggest played song on Plastic Ono Band. Kind of an odd choice since it wasn't one of the big singles. Right, or yeah. wasn't Mother or God or even Working Class Hero. But for some reason, people are gravitating towards Hold On, and I, I don't know why. Yeah. I was. I wish I could offer some speculation as to as to why that might be the biggest song. I, the the best I can say is that it's just a really great song. You know, I think it's a standout on the album. It's one of my favorites. It's a great song, but yeah, I don't know if I would consider it significantly better than say "Well, Well, Well" or "Isolation" or even "Remember." Mm-hmm. But you picked it, and that helped a lot. You also picked uh, <laughs> Paul's biggest one, coming in at two point three nine percent every night. It's a fun little ditty that he um he redid on the unplugged concert he did back in the 90s yeah yeah i'm surprised to see these um these winners here are surprising to me i I wouldn't have expected hold on i wouldn't have expected every night and honestly i george's number one uh top performer here run of the mill 
with a 1.77 increase in plays. That's that's really shocking to me too. I I love that. I think it deserves it. I don't I wonder how much of that percentage was me actually because I've been listening to this song on repeat over and over again for the past month. So I'm happy to see that there. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is if you pick a song that doesn't have a lot of plays, you might have more influence on it, which yeah. maybe why Ringo's Coochie Coochie <laughs> beat out Bukuza Blues mm-hmm. this time round. I mean, granted, it went up a whole 0.97%, but still, my Coochie Coochie heads are out there and helping out, so I appreciate that. <laughs> Did you have that on repeat for the past month to, to boost your stats? I, I think I only had to play it like three or four times because it only <laughs> had like, I don't know... <laughs> 62 63,000 plays so yeah doesn't take much yeah okay yeah it had it started with let's see it started with 62,839 plays and ended with 63,447 so yeah about 608 plays in between the four weeks that's interesting that seems low for a for a beetle but yeah well it is a a solo ringo b-side so right doesn't take much (laughs) All right, and so our top songs overall in first place, as we mentioned, was John's Hold On with that 2.44 percentage increase. And uh, second place was Every Night by Paul. Third place was also by Paul, and it was Junk, which I think you had all three of the uh, top performing ones. Yeah. So that's probably why you beat me this time round. (laughs) Yeah, interesting. So, uh... So Paul's junk with the 1.95 percentage increase, which came in third here, was higher than the top performers for the other other two Beatles, George and Ringo. Yeah. That's interesting. And our album increases overall. So this is the uh, percentage increase in the plays of the album. McCartney came in first with a 1.53 percentage increase followed by John's Plastic Ono Band with a 1.4% increase. Yeah, All Things Must Pass was third with 1.22, and Ringo's single only increased 0.75%. I mean, some of that is skewed by how long the album has been on Spotify. If it's been on Spotify since, you know, 2010, it takes longer for it to mm-hmm. increase. But I think all of these are fairly recent remasters or reissues. I think they all come from like 2020 or so because that's when they all had their 50th anniversary. So it's pretty even overall, at least in that regard. And that's why the difference between number one and number three is pretty minor. Yeah. And I think we also have to frame this in the in the context of the timeline. You know, this is over the course of a month. So of all the taking into account all of the time that these albums have been on Spotify to get, you know, a 1.5% overall increase in plays over the course of a month. That's, that's pretty astounding, I think. Oh yeah. They are, they're still a mighty popular band and that's yes something that was fun to see with all the, uh, the news that we've gotten. I, I read the news today. Oh boy. Yeah. And I'm sure you're all <laughs> excited to hear what we have to say about the real big, exciting news a new EP from Ringo, Rewind Forward. Yeah, that's the big news. Did you actually listen to it? I actually have not had the chance to listen to it yet. When did it come out? Uh, last month, I think. Okay. Have you had the chance? What are your thoughts? I listened to it once. He's he's given up on albums in the last few years and is only releasing mm. EPs. So 
it's like getting a new album from Ringo every year, only, you know, it comes out in four installments. It's, um, mm-hmm. there, there's a new song written by Paul specifically for Ringo on it, which is cute and nice. It's good to hear. Ironically, um, Paul played all the instruments on it, so it's him playing drums and not Ringo, but it's it's a good song. No way. That's funny. I know. It's a little weird. There's also a song he co-wrote on there called Rewind Forward that's okay. I mean, co-wrote it with uh, Bruce Sugar, his uh, engineer. He He's producing these EPs himself, too. Mm, cool. That's great to see that they're still collaborating after yeah all this time and and you know paul is kind of taking precedent after all this time yeah there's also a song by yeah one of the guys from tom petty's heartbreakers that's uh a little embarrassing but you know it's nice to hear ringo trying yeah so okay i'll have to give it a i'll put on my list of things to listen to and he's touring as well with the with the all-star band still i think there's also in the news recently there's a new podcast from paul it is called um, McCartney, A Life in Lyrics. The first episode came out in July, or it was announced in July. Basically, there have been about 13 episodes covering different Paul McCartney songs. I see Live and Let Die. I see Uncle Albert, Admiral Halsey. I see Penny Lane, Let It Be, Back in the USSR, Eleanor Rigby. So it's not just songs that he covered while he was in the Beatles. It's covering his whole life, his whole body of work. And it is a conversation between Paul and poet Paul Muldoon. And they're talking about his lyrics, his songwriting, how these things came to be. I personally listened to the Eleanor Rigby episode and the Back in the USSR episode, which were super fascinating. He gets into a lot of really good detail and has a lot of great insight from Paul. Um, it's a good, I think it's a good addition to the, to the multitude of things that are out there, uh, talking about Paul's life and lyrics. And this is, it's nice to hear his, his perspective and to kind of get into the like real specifics with specific songs. Yeah. I, I kind of see this as a companion piece to that book of lyrics he put out last year, which he did as opposed to an autobiography, which is interesting because Paul isn't really known for autobiographical lyrics. So it's not like He's going to be talking about his life directly when he talks about Eleanor Rigby or back in the USSR, but is as much of himself as he's willing to reveal on a personal level. So it's it's fascinating to listen to on that level. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Paul, he's also started a new tour recently. Um, I don't know if you've checked out the set list at all. It's pretty consistent with what he's been doing the last five, ten years. I have not seen it. What What's on there? Um, a lot of stuff from Egypt Station, but not much mm. from McCartney 3, surprisingly. Interesting. I mean, he's he's doing that uh, virtual duet with John on I've Got a Feeling. Of course. And he still does the uh, ukulele tribute of something for George, but... No real big surprises on the set list. I was kind of hoping he would bust out something crazy like Morris Moose and the Grey Goose, yeah. <laughs> but that's not really Paul's style. So yeah, there's a lot of yeah obvious Beatle hits and big wing songs. Not a lot from like his 80s or 90s. Interesting. And, you know, enough new stuff to you know sell the album, but. Again, it's mostly Egypt Station and not his actual newest album. So interesting to me that there that there's a much Egypt Station on there. I saw him back in 2018 at Austin City Limits, and um, he was doing a lot of what you talked about. He did you know the the George ukulele something tribute, the um, I've got a feeling with John in the background, Hey Jude on piano. What else was there? He did Live and Let Die. He did. Um, 
I don't know if this is a staple in his set list, but he did Sergeant Pepper, which was so fun. Yeah. No, he's a guy who can play for three and a half hours and people will still be disappointed they didn't hear their favorite song. So, <laughs> so true. So true. Uh, he did do, he did two Egypt, St- he was touring that album. He was touring Egypt Station when I saw him, but he only did two or three songs from it. So it, it, does the set list now have more? I think it's the same two or three, but I didn't see anything from McCartney 3. He's still doing like Fa You and um, mm. oh, what was the, yeah, the, the big singles off of it. Yeah. Big, relatively. Yeah. Um, so he's going to, it looks like, Australia, Mexico, and Brazil. So no U.S. stops that so far and no European stops so far, which is interesting. I mean, I would see him if he get the chance. He is getting up there. He Even if he's still alive, his voice is doing good for an 81-year-old. But he's, yeah. Yeah. You don't want to miss it. So it's definitely worth seeing if you get the chance. We'll see if he makes it to this hemisphere. Probably. Knowing Paul, he won't stop until, you know, 2026 or 2027. Then there'll be another album and another tour. But we will see. Yes, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Yes. All right. And our final bit of Beatles news, which is so exciting. There is a brand new Beatles song called Now and Then. And it debuted on, what was it, November 3rd? 3rd or 4th, yeah. 3rd or 4th. Did you know that this was happening? This was such a shock to me. I I heard rumors of it for so long that I assumed they were just rumors and had given up on it. I mean, they originally talked about this back in the 90s with the uh, right. anthology series. And I, you know, I've heard John's demo and I've heard people who try to sound like the Beatles finishing that demo. So I, it wasn't a complete surprise to me. But I was still surprised when it was an actual official Beatles release. Yeah, it's a fascinating story because, yeah, like you said, this this song has been ex- in existence. We, we've known that it existed since the, the anthology releases in the 90s and that they were working on it and that George sort of rejected it. But I guess with the new technology of using machine learning and AI to separate stems that they used with uh, Get Back in, in 2021 with the Get Back documentary, they then sort of went and implemented that with this song. And something that I find interesting is, I wonder if anyone saw this come, like put the two pieces together of the, the new technology with the separating stems that was very prominently featured in, in Get Back and then the existence of this song. Like, I wonder if any fans out there were like, oh, you know, connect the pieces. Like, they could then go and take this technology and put it with now and then. Like, maybe that's coming. This, it, like I said, it was, it was a total shock to me. But I'm, I'm so glad it exists. I think it's so fun. It's so great to see. I love seeing the Beatles in the news. I love seeing them pop up, um, especially in, in modern times and hearing people talk about them, hearing my friends talk about them. I love it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things that no matter how good it is it was never going to live up to the hopes and hypes and expectations it's kind of like the the phantom menace in that regard it just was impossible to live up to all that but i think the important thing was that 12 minute documentary which came out with it which gave it some context and then once you sort of know what went into the making of it you feel a little more satisfied that it's as good as it could have been i mean you're not going to get a new George solo on it, which is disappointing. And yes, Paul's voice is going to 
sound like Paul's voice does now, which, you know, is... Is old. <laughs> it adds to the, the poignancy, but yes. it doesn't add to the musicality, shall we say. Yeah. And, yeah. What are your thoughts on the, the uh, Free as a Bird and uh, the... What is the other one? Real Love. Real Love, because, you know, I remember when those came out, and you probably just lived with those forever, so... Yeah, um... I was aware of them as not being in the original Beatles catalog. So I did know that they kind of came after. Um, and when I, when I listen to artists, I tend to do it chronologically. So my experience with the Beatles was that I listened to their, their work chronologically, their earlier albums, and then so on and so forth. Other than, you know, singles that I heard uh, here and there as, as everybody hears. I like those songs. They're okay. I don't feel extremely strong about them. But I don't, I don't dislike any of the Beatles songs, so I don't want to say anything, you know, especially bad about them. I, I have to say, I think that in the triad of Now and Then, Free as a Bird and Real Love, Now and Then is kind of my favorite. I think there's multiple things that I think part of it is that it came out, like I heard about it coming out and I was kind of a part of this, of this story of, of it happening and, and the hype that's kind of going around to it with it as it uh, has debuted, so... I have an emotional attachment with that. Um, I think the, the story behind them is very interesting. I, I appreciate uh, the George-ness on there. That is something that I that I have take a little issue with with now and then is that George is my favorite Beatle and he's not on there very much. Um, you know, the, the guitar solo is inspired, I'm doing air quotes, inspired by George, but it's not really him. So I do take a little bit of issue with that. But like I said, happy it exists love the Beatles, love what they put out, love seeing them around. So those are my thoughts. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not going to compete with Revolver or Hey Jude, but right. what could, I mean, so I'm, yeah, if your expectations are tempered appropriately, it's, it's a sweet little song. Yeah. The song did come out on expanded, remastered, remixed versions of the Red and Blue album. And there comes another question. Do we need a Beatles compilation? I mean, it's six discs, and the Beatles' entire catalog is, like, 14 discs. So it's not even, you know, it's like a 50% best of. You might as well just buy the albums at yeah. that point. Yeah, that's a great question. And did you have the chance to listen to... I've listened through the red disc. Yeah, I've, I've listened to it. I'm not a big audiophile, so I'm not as good at picking out the difference between the, the new remixes. But, you know, I know the importance of the red and the blue albums to people who grew up with it, but mm -hmm. I sort of feel like the the number one album that came out in 2000 supplanted that, and that's what most people who got into the Beatles since the beginning of the millennia, that's what they're used to, not this 1973 yeah. weirdness. Yeah, and I think I was listening to to some analysis analyses of this, you know, remaster and re-release, and and some a point that someone brought up that I I kind of. I heard this first and then I listened to it. So I guess I was kind of going into the listening with this a little bit of a bias, but he was saying that there's something, there's something nostalgic and something charming about the way the old Beatles records sound because they're like, they're a product of their time. They came out in the, in the early sixties and they sound like that. So hearing the newly remastered versions where they're sort of tweaked to sound a little bit more modern, I think that there's something just a little bit lost there. You're, um, I think you're just losing that the sound of that time 
And again, like I said, I heard this before I went in and listened to it. So I do feel like I was hearing some of those things. Like, I wish I could think of a specific song where I really heard it. Um, let me go back and look at the at the list here. But yeah, there were certain songs where it, it felt too modern. The sound felt too cleaned up. And I missed that kind of... 60s sound that I that I fell in love with when I first started listening. Well, I, I understand the thinking because most people these days listen on headphones. Mm-hmm. And if the Beatles, when they originally came out, were supposed to be listened on speakers, so you could have all the drums on the left and all the vocals on the right, and it didn't sound weird. But yeah, when you've got earbuds in, it is very distracting, particularly for younger listeners who aren't used to that kind of thing. Yeah. So I, I see what they're trying to do. But as long as, you know, the original mixes are available, I'm not complaining about new mixes. Yeah. And yeah, I agree. Like, this is all nitpicking. I'm, I'm happy that there's new Beatles stuff always. I'm happy that it's out there. I hope that the new mixes don't rewrite the old ones, you know. But like you said, they're both out there. They both exist. So that's okay. Well, that pretty much wraps up the uh, Beatles in the news. Uh, tune in next week. We're going to be discussing our uh, picks for round two, which will be Imagine, Ram, the second disc of All Things Must Pass, and Ringo's second single. So any previews, any thoughts on those records before we call it a night? Um, I'm super excited to get into them, especially more All Things Must Pass. I love that we're stretching it out so that we get to talk about it more. You know how I feel about George. Excited to explore some new Ringo singles. Um, and then Imagine's going to be a great album to get into, too. That'll be fun. Yes. this will. This The first two batches are, are going to be a lot better than the third batch. So if you're looking for the train wreck, <laughs> wait around a few weeks. But yeah. <laughs> until then, uh, you know, smash that subscribe button. To follow us on whatever social media platforms we have uh, figured out how to use. And um, mm-hmm. thank you so much for listening. Yes. Thanks for joining. Bye.